Bless, O Lord, the reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Our Lord, God, and Savior, and King of us all, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, to be the glory forever. Amen. And the apostles, when they had returned, told them all that he had done. And they took him and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. And when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. And he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. When the twelve began to wear away, the, when the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions. For we are here in a deserted place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, Make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. And then he took the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they were all ate and were filled in 12 baskets. Of the leftover fragments were taken up by the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. The Gospel today is one of the most uh, famous passages in the Gospel story and a, familiar, uh, a miracle that is uh, familiar to all of us. The feeding of our Lord Jesus Christ of the 5,000 men besides uh, women and children. Our Lord Jesus Christ was in Galilee and he had been on a boat and he went away to pray and when he came ashore the crowd was there and he felt sorry for them and he healed all the people who were, who were sick and it was like towards the end of the day, and the disciples told him to send the multitude away so that they can go and find food. And our Lord Jesus Christ said, we don't need to send them away, I want you to feed them. And they replied, we don't only have, we only have five small loaves and two fish. And our Lord Jesus Christ took them, and he blessed them, and he gave thanks to God, and he brought the bread, and he gave it to his disciples, and then he gave it to the people, and there was enough bread and fish to feed everybody, and even there was 12 baskets left over. There are people today who claim that these events in the gospel did not happen. They say, of course, you know, it's impossible to feed 5,000 people uh, and maybe more than 5,000 people from just five loaves of bread and two small fish. They claim that it's something sort of made up, a story that is made up for us to teach a lesson, that it didn't really happen. Although the people say this, this is wrong. This is true and it is real and it was real food for real people. You know that events of the of this gospel are a symbol and we'll talk about that a little bit 
as we go on, are a symbol of the Eucharist itself. 5,000 people to be fed is a lot of people. So the question we should ask ourselves is, is, is this what this gospel is about? Our Lord Jesus Christ making fish sandwiches for, uh, for an entire crowd? If that's all the story is, or that's all the events are, or that's the only thing that I need to remember or take from this uh, gospel passage, it wouldn't do good or any good for you or for me because we weren't there, right? We weren't there, so we're not going to eat any of the food. But this gospel passage is more or about more than just fish sandwiches. So then what is it about? Our Lord Jesus Christ was withdrawing to a place by Himself. And when He saw that the multitudes were uh, there, He healed them and He was teaching them all day. And actually these events are happening right after uh, the, the martyrdom of St. John the Baptist. So the people were sort of in a, in a place because you know a lot of people were following St. John the Baptist. And so they were following him and then he was martyred. So they were looking for a new leader, right? They were looking for a new leader. So the disciples, you know, are, are, they're telling our Lord Jesus Christ about the death of St. John the Baptist. And then he goes into this boat to pray and to be alone. And then the, the crowds go to him. Why are they reaching after him? Why are they following our Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible doesn't tell us exactly why, but it gives us some good clues. Do you remember how when he was teaching and he was preaching... The priests and the Pharisees, they asked John if he were Elijah or the prophet or the Christ. And he told them no. And when he saw Jesus coming, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But the people didn't really understand. And then later, actually, in the Gospel of, uh, I believe in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 16, when our Lord Jesus Christ asks, Who do people say that I am? St. Peter answers, Some say you are John the Baptist. Meaning that some people thought Jesus was St. John the Baptist coming back to life, or that he had somehow received the spirit of St. John. So this confirms to us sort of how fixed the people were about St. John the Baptist as a leader, as a prophet, and maybe even as the Messiah. So it's not surprising that when they hear about the death of St. John the Baptist, that the people are turning to our Lord Jesus Christ. Whether or not they knew or they were ready to believe that our Lord Jesus Christ was the Messiah, you know, we're not sure. But you have to think about the scene from their perspective. You and I, we know that our Lord Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Christ. But at the time, He had not yet been crucified, He had not yet risen. The Holy Spirit hadn't been sent. So they're in a different time, different situation, and they th see things from a different point of view. So it would be natural for them to turn to Jesus, who they knew was another teacher, for an explanation about what happened to St. John. So this is sort of the context of what's happening when they're following our Lord Jesus Christ into the wilderness. So he arrives there and he has compassion on them. And like I said, he heals their sick. How long Jesus was with them, we don't, it doesn't say. But we know that it was going on throughout the whole day. And the day was drawing to an end. And the people were hungry. They needed to eat. And the disciples had a plan. Their plan was, send the people away. Let them find food on their own. The disciples' plan, I want to point out, makes logical sense. They're practical and they're rational. And actually, a lot of time the disciples had logical and practical plans, but, our, but, but God rejected them. Our Lord Jesus Christ rejected those plans. It wasn't always the same as Christ's plan. 
God is not illogical or irrational. Right? God is not crazy. But His ways are not our ways. And His thoughts are not our thoughts. So we should use our sense and our intellect, of course, in everyday life. These are gifts from God. But when we put our faith and trust in our reason, in our rationality, we should pause because our faith belongs to Christ. And if we're doing this alone and only and exclusively, we're likely going astray from God's will and God's ways. So he calls us to see with faith, to see the unseen, to see as he sees. So what does our Lord Jesus Christ say about feeding the people? First, he makes it clear that we're not going to send the people away. Our Lord Jesus Christ does not send the people away. He does not reject us as sinners, even though we are sinners. All the Father, this is why our Lord Jesus Christ says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never or by no means cast out. So then what does he do next? Does he feed the people? No. He first tells the disciples, feed the people. You give them something to eat. Why is our Lord Jesus Christ telling the disciples to give the people something to eat? Is it because they are able to do so? No. It's so that they know that they will not be able to do it. And that they and we are dependent on God. So the disciples find some bread and some fish that is clearly not enough. What does our Lord Jesus Christ do? He says, okay, look, here's some bread and fish. And we can sit them down and we can make this work. Think about what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, look, here's some bread and some fish. It can remind you of a meal you might have had before. Think about that and it will fix your hunger. Right? He doesn't do that. Like I was saying in the beginning, the feeding of the five of the multitude is a symbol of the Eucharist. He doesn't say to the people, think about this and you're going to get filled. Just imagine it. He multiplies the food so that there is real food for real people. So having done that, he, he multiplies it so that, does he multiply it so that, you know, everybody just has like a tiny taste, but not enough to feed them? Does he say, for example, you know, eat this small bite of bread and this little piece of fish because it represents the meal that you can have later when you get home? No. He multiplies the food. The disciples hand it out and there is plenty of food, plenty for everyone. Everyone eats. Everyone is full. And to prove that everyone is full and wants no more, our Lord Jesus Christ makes enough so that there are leftovers, 12 baskets. In doing this, our Lord Jesus Christ is showing the people, and He's showing you and me, that He is Lord. The one who made everything out of nothing. It's nothing for Him to make much out of little. If our Lord Jesus Christ can create bread and fish, and He did, He can surely multiply this bread and fish in a very easy way. Then this is something more, or He is something more than a teacher and then a rabbi. He is more than a prophet. He is at the very least on the level of Moses who is able to pray and bring manna in the wilderness for the people of Israel. Or Elijah who multiplied the meal and the, and, and the oil for the widow so that it didn't run out. So again, it would have been great for us to be there 
and have seen and have fed the food, fed from the food. But still, this event is not only about feeding those 5,000 people. It's not about just bread and fish. It was real food for real people. So what does it mean for us? Look carefully at what our Lord Jesus Christ does. First, first thing he does, he had compassion on the people. The same way that he has compassion on you and I. And then he provides for the people in a real and tangible way. If you look at the text, if you look at the passage that we read, it says, He looked up to heaven and said a blessing. He looked up to heaven and blessed. And he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And that should sound very familiar. That should sound very familiar. On the night our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. And the same thing we repeat in the liturgy every time we offer the sacrifice. Our Lord Jesus Christ in this miraculous feeding is making a picture of the great high feast that he will give to the church in the upper room. And if you think about it, what is the greater miracle? Making a fish dinner for 5,000 people or giving or making himself a meal, one that gives life because it is him who is life, which is multiplied for over 2,000 years, feeding millions of saints and continuing to do so. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who became a, being, a human being just like you and I, knows that we need real food. We don't need just a reminder of what He did on Golgotha. It's not enough to give us a meal which only represents the feast that we will have in the world to come. Something for then, but not really for now. Christ gives us real food for real people, now, today. He doesn't send us away to go buy food. He knows we can't buy it. In the book of Isaiah, he says, He who has no money, come and eat. He doesn't expect us to feed ourselves. He knows that we are dependent on Him because He is life. So that is when He gives us His body and His blood to eat and drink. This is why He gives us His body and blood to eat and drink. Because He came to redeem us, our whole person, body and soul. He doesn't just give us a spiritual form of His body and blood. It's not only that our souls will be with Him in heaven someday. No, it's in our entire person. All of you and all of me. Redeemed by His mercy, by His grace, by His blood, by His love. So even though he was sinless, he took all his sin in all the sin of the world and to him on the cross. He knows that we don't just need our sins forgiven, our spirits renewed. We need our whole bodies cleansed and redeemed. So he gives us real body and his real blood, real food for real people. We're not there for the miracle of the five loaves and two fish, but we are here for the miraculous meal that we have every time we enter the church. And in it, we see that Jesus is Lord. Just like He did on the, the day after His resurrection, or the night after His resurrection, when the disciples that were on the road to Emmaus, they recognized Him when? In the breaking of the bread. And what did it say? That their hearts were burning within them. He feeds us because He loves us. And He loves the church. He doesn't give us only a reminder of His death and resurrection. 
He does not give us only a representation, a spiritual meal. No, He gives us Himself. So that when we are joined with Him, who died and rose and lives, we will also die and rise and live with Him. He doesn't send us away. He satisfies our needs. He fills us so that we don't want any more. He is here with us on the altar. And we are with Him in the Lord's Supper. Real food for real people. This has implications so much for our lives. You know, even if you just think about recent events, the whole thing of like, how should we take communion and should we change the way of communion is based in our faith that the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ is actual body and blood. If we thought it was just a symbol, there would be no controversy. There would be no argument. Yes, of course, we need to change anything. It's just a symbol. Something bad could happen to us. But because we believe it is the real body and the real blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, that makes people want to think, what should we do? We respect the bread and the wine turning into the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have to think, what are we going to do? Same thing actually when you think about uh, a point I want to make uh, also that was uh, brought up a, a few weeks ago to me. Our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, if you look at the disciples, they're the one who passed out the meal. But who is the one who's performing the miracle? Christ. Christ Himself. Christ is acting by His power. The disciples are ministering by the authority entrusted to Him by Christ. This is important because a lot of people come to me sometimes and they say, Abuna, what if the priest is not a holy man? The priest is a person who is not worthy to be a priest. What is that? How does that affect the sacraments? And actually this was a controversy that was uh, addressed in the 3rd century, 4th century. There were people who had uh, relapsed into some uh, heresies and people were wondering, are their baptisms valid? Are their sacraments valid? Are the things that they did valid or not? St. Augustine answers this question. He says, Therefore, those whom Judas baptized, Christ baptized. So too, then, who's, those whom a drunken baptized, those whom a murderer baptized, those whom an adulterer baptized, if the baptism was of Christ, Christ baptized. So it's an important distinction to understand. Now Christ Himself is the one performing the sacraments and the priests are the ones given authority to perform the sacraments through Him. But it's Christ is the one who is, who is doing the sacraments themselves, uh, not the priests. So this whole event today is a reminder for us about the real presence of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. That it is real food for real people. May God give us and continue to bless us with His body and blood so that we may be united for him, to Him forever. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.